horses, mountains, dogs. Oh my, these are a few of my favorite things. They are the things that bring me home and connect me to the wisdom of my grandparents and the values I want to instill in my children. My name is Kat Caldwell-Myers. I live on a small horse farm outside of Chicago with my children, my husband. we got a couple of dogs. We all work for the cat. In this podcast, you are going to hear from some of my mentors, the folks who have helped me get back on the horse and back on my my skis after injury, after illness, after pandemic, when all of us had to find ourselves over again to live our best lives. So without further ado, horses, mountains, dogs. Oh my. Hey, Annette, how are you? Hi, Kat. I'm doing great. How are you? I am so good. I'm, you know, we're also in that right after the holidays hangover a little bit, right? Oh my God. I call it the week of reset because I definitely need to reset in all kinds of ways and go into 2023 strong. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to catch up about just that because when we did this interview, which people are about to hear, it was, I don't know, a month or two ago, and a lot has happened. You made it happen. You <laughs> got your book out. I want to hear I all about it. You have so much to share. Catch us up on the book that is going to change people's lives in 2023. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, congratulations on this podcast. Because when you and I met, it was on my podcast. And um, then I did your interview for your podcast, which um, I'm so excited about. But congratulations. Um, on launching. Yeah. So when we, d- when we did this interview, we, um, it was probably right before Thanksgiving and uh, I was working with an editor to get my book ready. And I didn't know if we'd get it out before the end of the year. And I was really hoping we would, cause I wanted it to be available for folks to start January 1st, with 2023 strong. And not only did we go live with paperback and hardcover um, this the weekend of um, right before Christmas, but we launched on the 27th with the Kindle, and um, I can actually say it's an international bestseller now. What? Um, it hit number one in the states and in multiple oh. categories, and also number one in Australia in one of the categories. And, um, and many categories for a new release bestseller. And it just blew me away. I mean, I'm just so grateful for my community. I'm grateful for people like you and others who believed in me and who supported this journey. And my hope is that everyone that gets the book finds a lot of value from it, that it helps them to make 2023 the best year ever. Oh, well, I am just blown away. And the book is amazing. I got to read my birthday month and write a little (laughs) review on it. And I just, I can't wait to read all 365. Did you do 366 days? There's always a leap year. You know, I know I didn't. I'm going to have to do like a new version or something. (laughs) New edition. New edition and add an additional one. I know it was one of those things, you know. (laughs) you forget and then you're like oh shoot it's too late well that's okay save it for leap year there's always a plus one I don't even know when the next leap year is but you know it's coming there you go there you go oh my gosh (laughs) well I am so excited for you and I'm just truly blown away by the quality and content and it's just so actionable which is something that I find a very high value for people because we need something every 
day, something short, simple, an easy practice to reflect on. And that's exactly what you've done in this book. So I'm not surprised it's an uh, international bestseller. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you. And that's that was my intention with it. I I love my daily meditations and devotionals and books that just inspire me because we are busy. Everyone lives a full life. They have so much going on. And we read a lot of books. It's just the applicability. Sometimes we don't apply all the things we learn. And so that's why I wanted to make it manageable and digestible and something that people keep on their nightstand or in their office and just turn to it in the morning or in the evening. And uh, and then they go, okay, I can do that. I can take one action today in the direction of my dreams. Oh my gosh. I love this so much, Aneta. Thank you. And I am going to let you go now. I'm actually losing you just a little bit. I know you're driving, I think, to Nashville or from Nashville? From Nashville. (laughs) Fine. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. We're going to get into this episode, but thank you so much for just bringing us up to date as we round out 2022. And we'll make sure that we have all the links in the show notes so that people can buy your book, which is available now. The book that we're talking about in this podcast is available. Yes. Live the Width of Your Life, 365 Daily Meditations on Living with Purpose, Passion, and Peace. Yes. Thank you so much, Kat. Fantastic, Annette. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you in my life. And we'll see you around this next turn around the sun, 2023. Yes. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Happy New Year. Let's get started. You sent me your bio, which I was taking a look at. It's always fun to get your friends' bios because (laughs) you know someone and then you get to learn so much more about them. So I want to talk about your bio in a minute. um, And I am really excited about the flow of this conversation. But before we start, I was reading um, Marianne Williamson's quote this morning, right? Mm. You playing small doesn't serve the world. Yes let your light shine, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I had that printed. Um, I printed it in like beautiful colors and I put it on my wall at work and I read it every single day. This is when I was in my corporate job and I was still working there and I read it every day and I, it became like this personal mantra to myself, like you're going to find your way, do what you can where you are. And, you know, it was grounding, but also very inspirational at the same time. So I want to speak to that because I knew you had a corporate job and I was just looking at your bio yeah. and you were a banker. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I went to just as a quick snapshot. Last week, I went to a conference. I'm not going to name the conference because we didn't stay. It was, it was not good for us, but they did do this demonstration with cash where, you know, they had everyone bring up $20 and you got $10 back and then the person got to keep the 10 plus, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That was the banker. And so the idea was it's good to be the banker, right? But also, you know, bankers, and I'm making a generalization here, but can tend to be in their head. It's a money's game, right? Right. The numbers. So speak to us about being a banker or any other corporate job. I'll, you know, skim your bio a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I spent 25 years in the corporate world and um, I don't think I intended 
for that to happen. It just mm-hmm. did. And I spent mm-hmm. 22 in banking. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I always thought I wanted to be like a professor or maybe go to law school. And then um, I knew I needed, I wanted to take a year off from undergraduate school and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I started working for Berlitz Language Center first in Cleveland, then in New York. And that was fantastic because I loved being with around languages. I love languages. I love doing cross-cultural programs, just the idea of travel and people, you know, learning about other cultures. I loved all the teachers. We had people from all over the world, which was amazing. Then when we moved back to Cleveland, you know, I really, we wanted to start a family. And I think the practical side of me, the safety, the security sort of kicked in. And I was like, well, what's a really safe job? What's a company where, you know, I can raise a family and grow within the company and not have to worry about, you know, making a switch all the time as like a full-time working mom and wife and all these things. And so I got into banking. I worked for a company who's headquartered in Cleveland where I was and I liked that they were very involved civically in the community and really focused on diversity and inclusion. And, and um, so I say, I always had the cool jobs. Like nobody actually, I was not in finance. I was not, you know, handling money, uh, but I was doing things like digital banking and marketing and communications and strategy and lead key for women. So I, I had the coolest jobs, I think at the bank. And then um, I think I did everything that, really spoke to me and knew that, uh, you know, I was probably 46 at the time. And I was like, I think it's time to kind of figure something else out. And uh, that's when I started my quest to really discover what I really wanted to do after. Well, and that's what I really want to talk about is that quest, you know? Yes. And also, so we talked about the Marianne Williamson quote, but You were 46, you were maybe at a place where security was either not as important or important in a different way. What what happened where suddenly you knew now is the time to embark on this quest? Hey, Kat, here for a quick commercial break. If you haven't heard, my book, The Adventure Paradox, is available on Amazon And it's been getting some really amazing reviews. It's actually been a little bit overwhelming uh, and maybe too much to say in the middle of this interview. So we'll get back to it. But I did want to let you know it is available. It was a bestseller in six categories. And if you really enjoy this podcast, I think you will really enjoy this book. So please go check it out. Yeah, I think um, my curls were getting older. And I think maybe my oldest was just on her way to college, or maybe was like, in college, and then the youngest was a couple of years behind. So all of the planning for college for the girls and, you know, really being there for them as they were embarking on their adult life. Like I felt like I did that and I could focus a little bit more on myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what made the timing a little bit right better, I guess. And I didn't leave. I probably started planning working with a coach two years before I actually, um, rip the bandaid off and said, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go and to do this. So for me, I think it was important to just start taking action and to discover and put things in place. Like, because I'm such a planner, I'm not, you know, one that's going to go, all right, I'm ready to quit. And then let's go figure it out. I mean, you kind of have to do that in entrepreneurship anyway, but it was really 
let's figure it out. Let me design the life I want. Let me work with someone that could help guide the process. And that's when I fell in love with coaching. Like I just fell in love with the entire coaching experience. I thought it was such an intimate relationship that I had with my coach who I knew before. And I just felt so guided and supported. Mm -hmm. And I could talk about my career with her without any sort of repercussions. You know, when you're working at a company, you're not going to talk about necessarily something that doesn't keep you where you are, which makes sense, of course. So here was this person whose sole purpose was to help me and figure out what I wanted to do. And so that was so empowering. And it was such a, I think, special relationship. And, um, And then when I created like what I wanted to do, I tell you, Kat, I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know when this is going to happen because none of this resembles the life that I have now. I mean, my personal life was awesome. My husband, my family, all of those things. But from a career perspective, I wasn't doing any of it. I didn't have any of the certifications. I didn't have any of the qualifications. So all the things I built, right, for the 25 years of my career, I mean, I use my MBA, I do. But, you know, you think of all that stuff that you built, you're like, oh my goodness, how is this going to translate into what I want to do going forward. And I will tell you, um, nothing, nothing is wasted. Like, I just think that nothing is wasted. Every single experience, good, bad, you know, all of it helps you bring you where you are today. So, um, so that's kind of why the timing. And then also, you know, two years after the timing was right for me to say, okay, I'm ready. I've prepared the way and I'm ready to do this. (laughs) Okay. So very important. And we like to call them mic drop moments, right? Yeah. We're on the mic here. You started working with a coach. You know, I feel like people just sort of like casually put that in there. You know, somehow it's sort of like, then I had my first boyfriend, you know what I mean? Right. There's a story. Yes. Yes. How did you find your first coach? Are you still connected? And the other thing is, you know, essentially you were talking about, we could call them golden handcuffs, whatever, you right, know, right. lifestyle where it does, it gives you so many gifts, right? Yes. You know, uh, health insurance, you of know, course. had a pension, you know, so many things to be grateful for. And none yeah. of it is lost, as you said, but right. tell me about the moment you found this coach and some of the things, whether you're in touch or not now that the gifts that she gave you in thinking right? Yeah. Because it's tilling that soil. You're a gardener. We're going to talk about yes. that. <laughs> tilling that soil for two years before you were really ready to go bear fruit. Yeah. Oh my oh. gosh. So yeah. So it's a, in the long story is that, um, we sat next to each other, my coach Roxanne, we sat next to each other at a women's conference, like years, 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 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I was like, you have the most beautiful red hair. She's like, I love your jacket. Like, it was just one of those, like, we just sort of were like, hey, you're pretty awesome. And so we kept in touch. We would do, um, you know, like lunches every once in a while, et cetera. And then um, a mutual friend who we didn't know was mutual wanted, like brought her to a lunch with me because she thought you two need to meet. And then we're like, Oh, we know each other. Like it was so funny. We already did. And, um, and so then, you know, we, I would talk to her about just, you know, my corporate life and, and she shared, cause she wasn't 
the corporate world as well. She talked a little bit about her story, her story, how she started her business, et cetera. And when I was finally ready, I just one day was like, Roxanne, I'm ready. I want to start working with you. Tell me what this looks like. And we figured it out. And it was so nice because, um, you know, we were not like friends in the sense of like, we knew so much about each other, but we were friendly and we, you know, met through like, work events. And so it was perfect because we had the trust and the familiarity with each other. And so I'm new to pick her, like that's what mm-hmm. happened. Um, but it wasn't where any felt uncomfortable in any way, because we were too close, you know? Right. And so, um, and so, yeah, that we are definitely still in touch. Uh, I wrote the foreword to her book, uh, which she wrote, uh, yes, uh, you know, a little after we started working together and she's just amazing. She's doing wonderful things in this world and um, continuing to, you know, impact people's lives. And uh, yeah, I think because of her, because of that experience, I knew that I didn't know at the time that I would want to go into coaching, but it definitely presented itself as an opportunity. It's like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. I kind of like what we're doing here. Yeah. I love that you wrote the <laughs> foreword to her book. I know. <laughs> What what is her book called? Oh gosh! Oh, it was if, like if you think le- le- I think it's something like leadership, a, a love story. I have to I have to go back and and find the exact name for you. It'll come to me. Okay. And we'll What's share your last it. name? Roxanne. Roxanne Kaufman Elliott. Yes, okay. I think is under the name that you can find the book. And do you remember what you wrote in the forward? Just sort of a little. Yeah. I remember being terrified because I was like, I, and I, so I remember uh, starting the forward saying that typically people ask someone famous to write it or someone that, you know, could help sell books and just how honored I was. And then I talked about, cause I'd read the book and I just talked about, you know, if you're going through this challenge in your life, this book is for you. If you're looking to find the courage to be authentically yourself and show up in the world, this book is for you. And then I talked a little bit about, um, she talks in her book about each of us having a little bit of gold in our heart. And so that, you know, couple ounces of gold that's in there and finding your nugget of gold and shining it forward. So Yeah, it was amazing. And I remember I was terrified. I had the fire on. It was winter. And I was like, I'm just going to write from my heart. I hope she likes it. And she did. She loved it. And she used it. So, yeah. (laughs) Wow. That that is really, really special. Yeah, that is really special. And I think all of us, I mean, I'll never forget my first coach. And I've had many coaches since then, you know, but each one teaches us something. And every now and then, we're able to give a gift back or they, oh, ask yeah. us, you know, and that yes. reciprocal relationship. So I just love that. Um, <laughs> speaking of your gifts and when they're ready and when it's time and coaches, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your podcast and Kathy Heller obviously is the coach yes. us together at the yes. live event. You wearing this incredible dress. Will you stand up? Can you show us? The, the whole, I don't know if you can. A little bit. Oh my gosh. I love this dress so much. Thanks. I so much. I wore it because this is what I wore when we met. And so when you were on my podcast, we talked about it. And I remember what you wore. You remember, we're such girls that way, right? I'm like, I remember what you were wearing. And uh, and so I thought it'd be kind of fun to wear it today. Oh, I totally, I should have put on the Wonder Woman dress. We're going to have to do an IOU. Yeah. <laughs> I totally should have, should have matched you there. Um, yeah. 
I'm I'm in a workout outfit. Forgive me, making it a little more appropriate with <laughs> it the looks shawl like, today. <laughs> it looks like it's a, a cape. That's your uh, exactly. Cape. Yeah, exactly. I love it. But yeah, you know what was it about starting a podcast and just your voice carrying your message in this way with your gift and the title of your podcast? I love oh, you. Just yeah, share with us. You know how it started, started. where you are with it. Yeah. So, um, so I started my coaching and consulting business. It'll be four years in January. And I feel like every year I had sort of a theme of what each year was going to be. Mm-hmm. And this year it, I picked my word at the beginning of the year and it was elevate. And so I, for me, the word was like, I was going to elevate my voice. I was going to elevate the scope and the scale of my business, elevate my beliefs in myself and what is possible. And um, so I did a couple of things. I put an application in to trademark, live the width of your life, live the width, um, which is from a Diane Ackerman quote. And I loved it so much. And so I really wanted this to become an umbrella brand for everything that I do in terms of my programming. And so the title of my podcast is called Live the Width of Your Life. And I launched it on August 8th, Double Infinity, because I thought it was very auspicious date, you know, and so um, I, you know, did my first solo episode then, and I gave myself one month to figure it out. Like, Mm. you know, Kathy always says, um, do it messy. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my clients, just take imperfect action. It's not going to be perfect. It's something I've been releasing perfectionism for myself, you know, since I left the corporate world and, and started giving myself a little bit more grace. And, um, and so with my podcast, I interview everyday men and women who are living the width of their life, which means that they are living the breadth and the depth of their life. And not just looking at how many years you get to live or planning to be happy or joyful. Um, it's some far off date when you retire or when you buy the house or buy the car, or get the next promotion or your bank account or your portfolio has a certain number in it. It's like, what can you do every single day from the time you wake up until you go to sleep to say, I lived fully and passionately and shed some light and did some good things in the world. So it's really examining what it means to everyone to live a life well lived. And I love, I ask everybody on my podcast, what living the width of their life means to them. And, you know, I asked you when you were on my podcast and I love getting the different answers. Nobody's given the exact same answer. And that's the point is that each of us have our own definition of what success is. It's not the societal definitions that we sometimes grow up with, go to the right school, marry the right person, have a certain number of kids, buy your house in the suburbs, like whatever those rules are, right? Culturally, they might be slightly different, but it's not that nobody says those things. Not a single person has said, you know, oh, it meant finally getting this car I've always wanted or, you know, et cetera, or, you know, hitting this number. And it, it's not about that. It, it, it goes much deeper into, you know, aligning our choices for our life to the values and what's important to each of us. So <laughs> since I get to interview you today, yes. and you probably <laughs> never get to ask yourself your own question. Yeah. What, I mean, would you just take us through, maybe just take us through today. It's a Monday, right? Yeah. How, Do you answer the question of living the width for your life today, Mm. this season? Yeah. So I always start big and I say living the width is 
mm-hmm. aligning your daily choices mm-hmm. to your life values. Mm-hmm. And so I have in my vision statement that I created, I start off with what are the guidelines? Like what are those things that are so important to me that are sort of my North star, right? And they could be things tied to my faith, things tied to my family, the way I treat other people, the care that I give to myself in the way that I take care of myself every day, you know, enjoying the beauty of nature, spending time outside, surrounding myself with all my plants, you know, it's really the things that bring me joy and that fill me up, that ground me, that give me the energy and, you know, sort of fuel my own internal light so that I can go and be of service to other people. So that's sort of the foundation. And then for me to every single day, it's grounding yourself in the things that are going to allow you to be the best version of you. So for me, I wake up early. I wake up at 4.30. And um, (laughs) so I wake up, I have, you know, make some coffee and enjoy that. Uh, Some, um, I spend time in my office here where I read, I have a bookshelf full of books that I love to read every day, daily devotionals, things that really just fill me up. I do my morning pages uh, where I just write stream of consciousness every morning. It's wonderful to be able to do that. Just get all the gook out. And then sometimes some really good stuff comes out of it that can go into a book or a post. And, um, and then I do breath work and meditation and um, that aligns me. I am just completely aligned. I feel tethered and connected to source, to my God, my creator. And then I go and teach yoga and meditation in the morning. And uh, I do that six days a week. And then I go for a walk outside or I'll do a workout and then get ready and start my day, my work day, usually around nine. And then um, I feel like I have given myself everything I need to take care of my clients because I coach and I teach and I facilitate, you know, discussions and sessions with people. And if I'm not grounded, if I'm not aligned, if my cup is not filled up, no, I'm really doing a disservice to every single person who is entrusting themselves, you know, mm-hmm. their lives to me with yeah. uh, purpose. So for me, I just see it as something that I absolutely have to do in order to be effective as a wife, as a mom, as a coach, as all these other roles that we all play. Right. So, oh my gosh, I love hearing <laughs> the founding practice and I love that you do it six days a week and I can't believe yeah. you wake up at four in the morning, but actually I can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what I know about you, that's so beautiful. So um, tell me about your clients and who yeah. you work with and who are your ideal clients. And maybe mm. if you want to take us back, to your first client or one of your first clients where you felt, wow, I'm really giving this person something amazing and seeing it happen in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a little story. Okay. Okay. So I'll talk about my ideal client and the the types of people I see, and then I'll go back to like my first experience. So um, I will say I work with men and women and, um, and it really just depends on the season. Like I've had times where, but predominantly women, but I do have male clients also. And I would say probably 45 to 55 is that age range, or maybe 40 to 60, a little bit wider band, but they are professionals or executives or entrepreneurs leading their own business. And typically these are your type A 
really successful, externally successful individuals who work hard, they play hard, but something is off. They recognize that they are tired, they're stressed, they're burned out, they're anxious. Things that they used to be able to do right now are um, are more difficult. They find that they're a little flat. Maybe they've lost their zest for life, as I call it. They're just, you know, really not inspired. And um, they're probably the the least healthy version of themselves. And that's the way I was. So I, it totally resonates with me. And um, it's because they've placed everyone else's needs ahead of their own. They've been working really hard. The last several years with the pandemic has not helped people. Their routines have been off kilter. And, um, and so it's caused a lot of stress. And so when they come to me, typically they need to focus in on their health uh, and well-being, first of all. And I mean, mental health, creating self-care routines, just investing back in themselves and replenishing all of their energy. And then also working to build routines that they can sustain that allow them to maintain these healthy new habits. And then, you know, the rest is usually comes a little bit easy. So if they are dealing with some work stuff and they have some executive coaching challenges, focusing in on them first and building themselves up to be this best version of themselves is going to make them a better leader. Or if they've got some life goals, they want to find a new job, or maybe they need some direction in life. Focusing on themselves first is going to give them the focus and the clarity to be able to think better, right? So those are some of the things that we do. I love every single one of my clients. They've got some sort of interesting things, some overlaps, but everyone of course is unique. And so I love uh, being able to, to work individually with folks and kind of see what, you know, they need the most of and bringing that awareness to them. Cause all the answers with coaching lie within, it's just my job to help ask the right questions, create the awareness and, and provide them with some tools and support. And it's interesting because when I left the bank, I had people who were, I used to work with who suddenly were like, oh my gosh, I need help with mindfulness. I need help with um, focusing in on creating some self-care routines. And it was interesting because people knew why I left. I, you know, my goodbye message, but even before I left, you know, I got certified to teach yoga. I got certified to teach meditation. I, in my office, I didn't have the light on. I sat on a yoga ball. I had a little Himalayan sea salt lamp. I had diffused oils going in my office at the bank. People would come in and they'd go, can we meet in your office? Because it's really nice in here. And then (laughs) I would have a sign that said, you know, meditating if the door is closed, you know, so like people would know. And so I was very open about it. So I was sort of living the way that I was going to, you know, help people uh, Mm -hmm. through coaching. And so my first few clients were from the bank which was really interesting. So uh, that familiarity of the environment and what they were going through and the schedules that everyone kept, I think they appreciated that they knew me and trusted me. Many of them never worked with a coach before. And then also the credibility of like, oh, well, you know what it's like. So you're going to be able to help me create something that doesn't sound too woo-woo or you know won't work with my schedule. And um, 
And then I also had, um, you know, some young adults that I worked with my um, investment advisor at the time. He was really great. He wanted me to work with his son to kind of help him figure out where did he want to go to school? What did he want to study? You know, so that was actually really great. And and, uh, it was helpful to rethink like, oh, I can take what I know and learned as an adult and also help some young adults maybe Mm. um, not have to wait till they're in their 40s to figure it out. (laughs) They can do so at a younger age. Yeah. So I think, you know, what you just said at the very end, not wait to figure it out. Yeah. A piece of, and one of the most important pieces, perhaps coaching is leading our clients to embrace, recognize and embody Mm. what they have actually already figured out. Like they already know on some Mm. level. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most important things in my experience that I have given as a coach and also been given by coaches is permission. Mm-hmm. Permission. You have permission to live the width of your life. You right. have permission to follow your dreams. You know, so many people, they see me riding a horse. They come up, oh, I wish I had a horse. Yeah. You can get there for you. <laughs> right. For you. If you have that dream. Yeah right? And yes, there are the logistics of figuring it out. But I was at a birthday party this weekend at a horse barn. Uh And they have a very unique lesson program. But what I found most interesting about it is that they only have about 10 horses. And they have all of these students for the same price who can come two to seven times a week. Wow. That's amazing. It's amazing, but it's also, you know, with horses, and this is true in in a lot of these sort of apprenticeship type professions where the more hours you have at a barn, just watching Mm -hmm. things happen and experiencing it, the more you're going to understand how it works because you've seen it. You know, you might not have been the one riding, but you saw what happened when the horse spooked, when the balloon came in through the window, you know, (laughs) whatever it is. Right. And I thought it's so interesting because if you follow your heart to whatever it is you're being called to, right. Mm -hmm. And it's different for each of us, the quote, figuring it out has already happened. Yeah. Because you're there because there was some part of you that just called you there I love this idea, and I'm sure you've heard this one, of some people walking around essentially dead, Yeah, right? They're just on autopilot. And you were talking about this a little bit with uh, perfectionism, Mm -hmm. right? And I think especially it got me thinking in the corporate workplace, it essentially demands perfectionism, right? It's the machine, right? It needs to go this way. And the reality is, it's not really how life works, is it? Right? It stifles so much creativity and inspiration. And um, and it also just um, instills this fear and this uh, sense of a you know inner critic or imposter syndrome. And um, and then people hold back. And so you're missing, you know, a lot of goodness that could be coming forth. I um I do wellness programs for companies also. And so I started that during COVID because I saw an opportunity to really share what I do one-on-one at a broader level and really help people with the stress, the anxiety, creating routines, just really um, 
reducing some of the demand cognitively that's taking place, especially with Zoom and and uh, meetings back to back. And um, but I survey, I always survey people before I go in and I always ask them, what are the top causes of stress? And then I also say, what do you struggle with? And I give Mm -hmm. examples like placing my needs first, making time for self-care, saying, saying yes, when I really mean no, creating healthy boundaries for myself, perfectionism, inner critic. And you know what? People select all of them. I mean, these are the things that people are really struggling with right now. You don't always see it because we're pretty good at creating this sense of armor or this Mm -hmm. facade sometimes, this false sense of confidence. But so many people are struggling with the the fear of not being perfect. And then it's paralyzing. And then it causes, you know, a lot of mindset challenges, or you've got that inner critic. How many times people come to me, these are so successful. These are amazing individuals who are so successful, you know, in their right. And um, they'll say, gosh, if people found out that I really wasn't this good, like I would lose my job or, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank. And it's not true. (laughs) It is really the story, this false narrative that we create and people are walking around just doing their best, feeling this way, trying to cover it up and then portray something else, overcompensating, And just think about the energy that goes into all of that. There's nothing left. That's why when you come home, you're exhausted. If you're constantly carrying all of this around, I think of it as like heavy coats, layers of heaviness that we're carrying. And it's just so good to let it go and just shed it. You know, during meditation, I would say, take it off, let Mm -hmm. that go, leave that on the floor, just take it off. And um, because then what you're left with is really the essence of who you are. And it just allows that lightness, that freedom just is mm. what sparks all that creativity and the focus and, and the ability to go within and to actually hear what your inner voice, that self is telling you. But if you've got all these other layers, I think it's hard for people to figure out what they should be doing. The It's very difficult to trust what their inner voice is telling them because they've got all these other voices and, you know, thoughts that, you know, 50 to 80,000 thoughts a day is what we have. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh, you just said so (laughs) many amazing things. (laughs) Like it's just, yeah, the vibration and the energy from that was so beautiful. And something I want to hear you speak on the last mm. time we talked, I was talking about the plants that I can see your beautiful yes! in the background. Yes. And of course the dress you're wearing has these flowers <laughs> and plants and the yeah. beautiful fabric and how you talk to plants and practice that. And, you know, mm. when I'm working with people, we talk a lot when we're working with horses or we're working with dogs. And I was actually trying to teach my children the golden rule this weekend. <laughs> They were not having it. They were not in the mood. So, <laughs> yeah. I then said, well, there's also, I guess, the meanie rule, you know, my, yeah. my children are almost five and seven, but you know, if what you say to your sister isn't very nice, then we're not surprised when she says something mean back. Right. Right. You know, going through the golden rule, we didn't quite get there, but we yeah. planted the seeds. We'll return to it later. <laughs> but, you know, I realized, wow, this is such a perfect metaphor for what we often do in coaching, right? And coaching is essentially our first coach on some level. And Mm -hmm. often a lot of the work we do coaching is reprogramming whatever we have running our tape from our parents. Yes. We can reprogram 
talking to a horse, talking to a dog, talking to ourselves, hiking through a beautiful meadow in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And I know one way you reprogram, because you were talking about this, and I'd love to hear some of the things you say when you're talking to your plants, or do you bring that in with your clients in talking to plants or flowers? Oh, yeah. So I, when I worked, you know, when I was working full-time and um, trying to raise a family and all this, I didn't have plants in my house because I told myself that I killed plants. Like I used to tell myself that I, and it, you know what it was? It was that I was incapable at that time to even take care of myself. Like I was taking care of my kids and, you know, all these other things that were happening. I wasn't even capable of taking care of myself and in my own self-care, let alone knowing or, you know, trusting myself with another living being which plants are living flowers are living and when i left the corporate world then i started actually um i was just attracted to plants my mom is an amazing gardener she just always has beautiful plants i mean people literally stop and look and i always wished i had that and i told myself i didn't but then what i recognized is that when i was home and i was taking care of the plants like as i would begin to take better care of myself I would check in and see if they needed water and I would prune a little bit where I would turn them to make sure they were getting the sunshine that they needed. And I could, you know, starting to intuitively see, okay, well, this likes this kind of light and I was doing more research. And so I was really taking care of other living beings as I was taking care of myself. And I do talk to them. I mean, I tell them all the time, you are so beautiful. Look at you growing. Look out, you know, and um, I don't know if it's crazy, but I think that they actually, they feel it, they sense it. And um, the other thing that I started doing is I started uh, propagating, like I have this monstera plant that is huge and beautiful. And I always thought they were so exotic and gorgeous. And I have propagated from that mama monstera to so many people and they send me pictures of it. And I love it because it's sort of like, you know, like we say, lighting someone else's candle, like taking something that I cared for and then it was getting too big for the pot. So moving it and then also choosing to share it and not just keep it all for myself. And now other people are taking care of it. Like it feels so good. Right. And most of these are clients or family members or friends. And, um, and I love that it all came from something that I grew, I helped grow and I was taking care of and nourishing it. And then we started, like, I started planting more flowers outside and just like my backyard created this oasis back there with the pergola and lights and all these things, because I want to enjoy it because this is where I work. This is where I spend most of my time. And so suddenly I was just looking at everything through a different lens. And, and I believe that the plants and the enjoyment that I get from them is it's so reciprocal. I take good care of them. They provide something so meaningful for me. And I have a lot of plants in my office, like where I see clients is actually another room and that has great light and so many flowers and people come in there and they just say that they just go, they just exhale because they're surrounded by these beautiful plants and some candle or diffused essential oils. Like that is part of living the width of your life is, you know, choosing to surround yourself with things that just give you such joy and appreciation of beauty and allowing Mm -hmm. all of your senses to take it in. So, um, so yeah. So from a former, you know, 
plant killer to someone now who just probably has more than I need. (laughs) (laughs) And you ever have too many plants? Come on. I don't know. According to my mother, she's like, I think you're, you know, I can't though. I always see find a different one. And I was like, oh, this is pretty here. I'll find room. Tune out the mother voice. Tune (laughs) into you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's so neat though, because you went exactly where I was going in my mind, which is do you ever bring your clients into your space? And of course, when we're working virtually, yes. Zoom is so incredible because we can share yes. you know, visual space. But, and my other question, I don't know if you send a, a joiner gift. Have you ever mm. sent flowers or sent a plant or done something to connect in a physical space and physical world with your virtual clients who are maybe around the world who you might might or might not ever actually meet. Yeah. I usually send books. Like for me, I know books are not technically alive, but I have such a strong connection to them. So I always purchase books. Like after a session or two, I get a really good sense of what people, what would resonate with them and what they can use. And so there is, you know, the word in those books, like that is a way that I love to make connections for people as well. Um, and local clients get the plants because like I, I propagate and I'd love to give them from stuff that they really appreciate. Um, and then I've sent flowers. Yeah. And I've received flowers, which is really nice. But for me, books and journals and planners and oh, yeah. I, uh, that just really, really, um, impacts me. Like I, I love them. (laughs) Especially you've said planner several times, which of course banker planner, (laughs) working with type A, figuring out people, we need to have a plan. (laughs) I love, and I I just ordered another one. I think it's called the manifestors planner or something like that. Mm, But I really love that. It has great quotes every day Mm. and, you know, visualize how you want this month to go. You were talking about elevate your year, you know, those kinds of ideas. And I'm a huge reader too. Yes. And I would love to hear what are two or three books that you find yourself sending consistently because you Mm. love their messaging and why? Yeah. So I love, for me, I love reading something that every day. Like I love something in the morning that's part of routine. And I love sharing with clients something that's easy for them because not everyone makes time for reading or is a big reader. So um, Mel D. Biotti's got this book and I'll pull it right here. Um, Melody Beatty. Yep. Beatty. Yes. And um, Journey to the Heart. And so this one I read like religiously. It's one that's on my bookshelf. It's got you know, a different thing for every day. And so some people really resonate with it. It's uh, somewhat spiritual, but not in a religious sense. So I think it, it really has something for everybody and it's daily meditations on the path to freeing your soul. Mm. And then for a lot of other clients that maybe this is a bit, not quite their style. The other one that I like, that's a daily one is the daily stoic by, um, yeah. yeah. I'll show you that one too as I move around here. So Ryan Holiday, The Daily Stoic. This one is definitely huh. set in Stoicism and it resonates a lot with men sometimes. And the reason I like this one is, again, meditations every day on wisdom, perseverance, and the art of living. But the Stoics really, um, 
They just remind you to focus in on what is within your control, not what is not within your control. And so that's another message that um, I think is very helpful for everybody. So those two are probably what I send most often. And then, of course, I have other books that are a little bit longer, chapter books, et cetera. But those two are pretty good to read every day, especially for folks who don't have a daily reading practice. Mm-hmm. It's good and it's easy. Um, and it also is the inspiration of my book that I will be publishing this year. <laughs> say more, say more. Um, so I haven't found another sort of daily meditation book like this, you know, daily meditations in a really long time. And like Melody's book is several years old and the daily stoke came out a couple of years ago. And so my book is going to be called live the with or live the width of your life one or the other. And, um, and it really is going to have a different theme for each month, but it's going to be daily meditations again on what it means to live the width of your life. And every day there will be a challenge or a journal prompt. So we'll be creating a journal to go along with the book. So you, <laughs> because that's uh, what I would want if I were reading it. And I really wrote a book that I would want on my own shelf, one that I would read myself to say, you know, what do I, what? how could I feel inspired and motivated today? How can I invest in myself? You know, how can I push myself outside of my comfort zone just a little bit more or think about something with a little bit of a different perspective or lens, but there is progress and movement from month to month through various themes. And um, so, yeah, so now I'm just putting finishing touches on it. I've decided to self-publish. So it should be out before Christmas. So, oh, okay. so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. <laughs> and I have so many more questions from that. Yeah. Um, self-publishing yes. Amazon, you know, and I know you're in the process right now, yes. but if you were to speak on that, because I think a lot of people think about writing a book, that's another thing I've, mm-hmm. I've actually, so my joke I took this huge sports <laughs> road trip uh, many years ago and I said I would write a book about it. In yes. the pandemic, I did write a book about it. And, and it's still there on the computer. So anyway, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> but I realized you know what I manifested and what I said I did. I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. I just did not. And as I started going through, you know, working with an editor and the different publishing, and that's you know, that's my story. But I'm curious about yeah. your journey with self-publishing and writing the book. And I'm reading uh, Jasmine Monkey, who was a Forbes 30 under 30. Mm. She's incredible. But she just had a book come out called Co-Creating Abundance. And she said, kind of like what you said, 8822. She said, 22222, the book is done. And she just did it. Yeah. And I love that. Tell yeah. me about publishing and why it's going to be ready before Christmas. What, what was uh, Okay. So I... I turned 50 this year and I said, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I've talked for about writing a book for a long time. And last October, so almost like a year ago, I was like, you know what? No, girl, you are going to kickstart this. You're going to write the book. And it really came to me in a meditation that I should do the daily meditations. Cause I was like, what is the good book going to be about, et cetera. And I finished the book probably last April, this April. So a couple, you know, half a year ago. And I took a course with the publisher. So someone referred me to a publisher 
And, you know, on to basically she had a class on how to create a winning book proposal. And her feedback to me was that this book that I wrote should be my second book. And the first book should actually be uh, more of a business book, introducing this concept of live the width of your life. Hmm. And I sat on that and didn't do anything with it. And then I started my breath work course, which we'll talk about, I'm sure a facilitation course. And in the middle of doing that breath work, I just heard a very, very loud internal voice that said, you already wrote your book, go Ah. publish it now. Like it was like now this year before Christmas, get it out there. And so much like my podcast, I said, dust this thing off, go back, edit it one more time, see if there's anything you need to do to change it and figure out how to post it on Amazon and get it out there. And that's what I'm going to do. I really believe that I, this book was already written. I did not write it by myself. I definitely think this was a co-creation with spirit. And um, so it's going to go out. And I do think that I do think that it's the book that is supposed to come out and I have more books within me, God willing, but um, I I think there aren't any accidents. And so instead of, I was trying to lead with my head, which was telling me and outside voices. And then in a moment, I just returned back to the internal voice that was like, no, you're going to publish the book that you have. And it's not about some longer strategic plan. It's about can this book help people? And I think it can. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that story so much. And I think. (laughs) So now you're going to go and do the same cat. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, what I'm going to go do and take from this is that reminder to go in word to get your own answers. And also coming back to the idea, you know, the, the visual that's coming up for me is we've all had that bad teacher. You know, the the one who said to us, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're, you know, whatever. I think I read Stephen King went to 30 publishers and they all threw it in the trash. And the 30th one, he said, that's it. And he threw it in the trash. And his wife said, would you please just go one more time? And that's why, you know, Stephen King, right? Yeah. Just to remember that failure is part of the process, that people who are not going to be for you are part of the process. You know, Dean Graziosi says, let a no activate you. Like right. look for it, you know, look for it. And, you know, it's kind of a very masculine, you know, there, there are yes, lots of, of different ways to, to look at things. But for me, what I hear in that story, and I had a similar situation with an editor who basically mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to take so much work. And, yeah. you know, editing a book is a, it's a little bit of a time suck, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, energy and and something that you're, doing without pay, you know, and maybe without yeah. passion, I'm not yeah. usually passionate about editing, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just part of the process. And yeah. to be sensitive to our time, we're nearing the end of our hour, which went so fast, right? Yeah. So fast, <laughs> like clockwork. I would love to finish with two things. Mm. One is a little bit more about breath work. And if you would take us through a breath work practice mm-hmm. and the other is, you know, horses, mountains, and dogs. Those are the things that really make my soul light up. We've talked about so many things that make your soul, yeah. light up, but after we come out of that process and talking about the breath work, 
I would love to just hear you speak on, you know, what your soul is saying is next for you mm. in terms of things in this world, you know, that, that you would like to speak on just three things. Yeah. So, ah, okay. Um, let's do, yeah. I, so the breath work, um, not to take too much time, but, um, you and I attended a Kathy Heller event in California in LA And it was sort of a last minute thing for me to decide like less than two weeks and it all lined up and it worked out like flights were direct and air, you know, airfare was okay. And wild, like it was just crazy and it all worked out. And I was like, I guess I'm going to LA. And, um, and during that event, two day event, which was great. We went through, um, a breathwork session with Sam Skelly, who founded as the founder of pause breathwork. Never heard of her, never heard of pause breath work, have done breath work as part of yoga, pranayama and meditation. And so I've done many of the things that probably people have heard before, but never like really deep somatic breath work. And um, that session, which was, I think she was with us for about an hour. I'm not sure how long we were doing breath work for, but probably at least 30 minutes. It was like very, very rigorous and intense. And I went places that I, I, I can't even explain. It was such an emotional experience and spiritual release. It was just crazy. And I remember just finishing and I was crying. I don't know why. Like it was just this release of everything. And that that night back in the hotel room, I followed her on Instagram. I watched a video. I signed up to talk to someone on her team and it's 7.45 next morning because our session, we were going to go to the next day session. I talked to someone in her team and I signed up for her six-month facilitation. No <laughs> no plan to do this. My head was saying, do you seriously need one more thing right now? Like, girl, seriously. And my heart and my spirit were like, yes, of uh-huh. course. Like, it was like, of course. And it just canceled out any of the other stuff that would tell me that this was not the right time or wasn't practical and just a little gentle one. Love that. That was (laughs) beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what's on my heart when you ask the question, you know, I love people. I love people's stories. I love beauty of this world. I think there's so much beauty everywhere and I'm a Taurus, so I'm an earth girl. So I just really appreciate beautiful things like good mm-hmm. food and mm-hmm. beautiful sunrises and sunsets and nature and flowers and all these things. So what I really want to return back to, and I love travel and culture and languages because I just the people aspect of it, seeing how people live and what's important to them. So um, I really want to start doing international and local domestic as well, but retreats again. Ooh. And really um, the one that's been on my heart for some time and I can envision it, you know, when a dream is so vivid, like you could just see it is being in Italy. I love Italy and renting a beautiful villa that has room for everyone. And there's like gorgeous flowers around and a beautiful backyard and a huge table where everyone can eat communally together. And just doing meditation and yoga and breath work every day and some group coaching, and then taking 
some really good cross-cultural experiences, like going and appreciating beauty and art and doing um, olive oil tasting and wine tasting and having someone come in to teach us how to make really good, authentic Italian food and having someone come in and teach us some basic Italian so you can converse and just show respect to the other people there. And then just, you know, in the evenings, just sitting around under the stars and doing some more breath work and just having conversations about life and just the journey everybody has been on and just creating these like soul connections. That to me is like heaven on earth. And so that's, that's kind of what's on my heart and what's more to come. Um, And so probably September, October timeframe. I'm doing a small retreat at my hope at my house in January. And so that'll be smaller, but the, um, the one, um, in Italy, um, is definitely something I'm starting to work on and plan. So Ooh, I love it. I may have some contacts <laughs> for you. Perfect. Uh, my husband's Sicilian. I don't know if you know that. Oh, very oh, nice. Oh, yeah. well, maybe we go to Sicily. <laughs> Let's go to Sicily. Yeah, we we have on our vision cast the the next Winter Olympics are in the Dolomites. Oh my gosh! Oh, twenty twenty six. But uh, oh, Italy. And speaking <laughs> of the soul, right? Like, yes. Kind of the stomach, eat, pray. Yes. Love, you yes. Know, all, of all of it. Um, very excited to have Thanksgiving with Nona, and I love learning <laughs> to cook with her, and you know everything. So yeah. She lives close by, but, um, oh, what a beautiful thing to share. And, uh, of course what often happens is we mirror each other, right? Because we resonate and have a lot of the same things. So another podcast I have coming up, I had an Uber driver who runs international retreats. Of course, of course. I need to, I'm an interviewer. (laughs) So I got his contact in. So he was so cool. He drove a Tesla. He was like checking out the energy and when he's going to fill up at four in the morning. Cause that's the best time to fill up with the battery. (laughs) It's the most auspicious time. So why not for cars? (laughs) Just, you know, a new way of thinking and travel and sometimes even a meal, you know, or meeting a person um, a new taste. It's, it's just what we need for that new way of thinking to reawaken yes. our soul. So yes. thank you so much for our time. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kat. I just think it was so divine that we met and, uh, I knew the moment I met you, I'm like, here's someone that is going to be a friend for life. And I'm just so excited to continue to see you on your journey. I'm so proud of you for launching your podcast and so grateful that you asked me to be on today. <laughs> oh, what a blessing you are, Netta. I love you. I love you. Mwah. I can't wait to check your book out. I'm going to make sure to put that in the show notes. Hopefully Thank you. Thank you. Comes out and um, thank you so much. Have a blessed holiday. Thank you. Namaste, my friend. Namaste. Love you. Love you. What a great episode. It has been so fun to be with you. I recorded many of these in my hayloft and I would love to share my hayloft with you. If you want to see what that looks like or smell it, I wish I could bring you into the, the smell of hay. You know, it's really just dried grass, okay? So you can probably find some (laughs) at a park near you. Meanwhile, if you would like to connect on social media, see our animals, see some of our training trips, get to know us a little bit better, you can find me on all the platforms. Kat Caldwell-Myers, if you're not on social media, you could email me. I would love to hear from you. 
please connect with me on my website, catcaldwellmyers.com. You can find the spelling in the show notes. And if you loved this show, please share it with a friend. Drop me a review. Subscribe. That way you can stay up to date with what we have going on. And I would love to hear from you what you would like to hear. And have yourself a beautiful day. Get out there and smell the hay.